This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to another episode of Style and City Diaries. Brought to you by your favourite and fabulous cousins, Prinny Ray. And Amber Lowe. Yes! Welcome back. Welcome um, back. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We have a very special guest uh, today with us. A very excitable guest. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard of this topic before, which we're going to speak about, you're about to learn so much. So buckle up and we'd like to introduce to you Shakeda Falls Bell. Hi guys, so can I say, see you two do that in unison. <laughs> <laughs> that was really impressive. <laughs> 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 we're so in sync we yeah, just know honestly. what's coming next that was so good hi hi welcome hey thank so you for coming thanks for having me i love it i do i listen to you guys you know it's weird like hearing the voice and then seeing See <laughs> super exciting so she uh introduce yourself because yes. i don't i don't want to ruin it i feel like okay do start it justice. Strong. Yeah, start <laughs> strong. So I'm Shakela Forbes-Bell. I'm a fashion psychologist and author of the best-selling book, best-selling. Big Just Energy. Um, I'm a consultant. I'm a TV commentator. Um, I'm a writer. I'm just doing a bit of everything to do with fashion psychology, really. You know what? It's actually a big deal to have you here. If you don't know about Shakela, she has been featured in Forbes, mm-hmm. Grazia, Marie Claire, Huffington Post, just to name a few. You are doing bits in your field. I'm trying. I honestly, I'm trying. It's mad because when I started out and I was telling people about it, it was kind of like, oh, what's that? Like, mm. you know, I never considered fashion psychology to be a viable career it was always just a passion mm-hmm. and just something that I thought people should know about so to be in this position now is just honestly it's just truly a blessing and I'm I'm really grateful that people are interested in what mm. I have to say but it is really interesting yeah and I think I feel like you've probably explained this billions yeah. of times yeah you're gonna have to <laughs> though you're gonna have to again <laughs> what is fashion psychology so fashion psychology is essentially applying psychological theories and practices and research to every level of the fashion industry, right? So on a very surface level, everybody knows the concept of look good, feel good. So Mm. that in itself is fashion psychology, understanding the power of clothes to impact your mood, impact the way you feel, Mm. impact how it can help you, you know, step into different parts of your identity. I always say even the saying wearing different hats is a comment on how we can express different parts of ourselves depending on what we're wearing. Mm. But it's also the understanding that people judge us by what we're wearing. You know, we can connect with others or we can disconnect with others based on how we dress. We judge judge others based on what they're wearing. We make those snap judgments that stick with them. You know, even the way our clothes impact the way we feel about our body, we all have those outfits Mm. that make us feel, have a better relationship with our body and those that don't. It's just really about harnessing the power of clothing because, you know, everybody gets stressed. We're not a nudist society. And the simple act of getting dressed every day, deciding what you're going to put onto your body, the way you are 
interpreted the way you are treated and the way you feel that's all psychology so why not give people the knowledge and the tools to make sure that they're dressing their most authentic self we're gonna learn a lot I today know, <laughs> we're gonna but learn also, a lot today yeah in my head i'm like we're a bit kind of like low-key fashion cycle. Oh, secretly, <laughs> like secretly. We do touch on some because theories. Because we do sometimes touch on things, but yeah. maybe we wouldn't have thought that that was yeah. fashion yeah. psychology. At the start of this year, we was discussing like dopamine, dopamine dressing. dressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she whacked out the I green I whacked out trousers. the green today. <laughs> and it was just like really interesting when we were reading up on it and like how it can make you feel and like mm, the effects yeah. it has and like you, no one would really sit there and be like oh this is fashion, fashion psychology yeah. exactly. and I guess people do know like you said surface level mm-hmm. essentially what it is and like how you dress mm. does make you feel good but doesn't know like yeah the deep Deeper. roots of it yeah and I think that's what is missing especially in today when everyone's talking about you know sustainability and oh we need to dress better but there's no point chastising people if you don't give them a different way of thinking about their clothes you know you can give them a new mindset you can reframe it to say like oh I feel this way today why don't I wear those bright green trousers that make me feel more confident that make me feel more comfortable how is that going to impact me as I go about my day to day when they're shopping not thinking about oh I'm going to just post this on the gram and delete it no thinking about the longevity of it how is it going to help me express my best self Mm. how's it going to help me express my identity or parts of my characteristics how's it going to fit into my mood you know it's all about just thinking about clothes on the deeper level like you say you guys a lot of people do do this but I think if you are shown the scientific research and the actual studies it will just give you more of a a deeper roadmap so that you can be even more intentional about the way you're dressing yeah I honestly every time you open your mouth I just feel like my mind gets blown and I hope (laughs) wherever you're listening you're feeling the same way I have so many questions on what you just said but I want to take it back Mm -hmm. how did you get into fashion psychology yeah it's a bit of a long story can you bear with me we got time (laughs) we got time um so um i'm sure the both of you as well like i was always interested in fashion Mm. as a young girl i used to play dress up with my 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 mom my barbie dolls like always trying to get put them in new clothes i used to watch fashion tv i don't know if i'm showing my age there that doesn't exist anymore but just watching like the runway shows i used to love that but i was a full-blown nerd at school like i loved psychology i did super well like i think on one of my a-level exams i got like 98 and i remember thinking like damn like this is something that (laughs) i need to take seriously and my mom and my sister were like that too they were like you know as much as you love fashion you we bought your sewing machine you don't use it like you don't (laughs) it's It's giving me (laughs) (laughs) it's clearly like more of a hobby you haven't really honed into that yet Mm. so it was always like keep that passion but psychology seems supernatural to you so I'm doing my psychology degree. I went to UCL and anybody that goes to UCL or any kind of very rigorous psychology program will know that clinical is kind of where it's at. They want you to be clinical psychologists. They want you to focus on like um, like biology and like neuro like psychology and like all of those things that to me was so boring. Mm. Like I just didn't care about that. And I remember being in my social psychology classes and I just loved it. I loved thinking about human interaction and dynamics and group thinking and how people change the way they act depending on their environments that they were in. And I just wanted to go with that. And during the third year of my um, course, when it was time to do a dissertation, everybody got the chance to kind of do something that they wanted to do. But a lot of the times they would have a study and people would just jump on it and they would just like do this test. But when I was doing my dissertation, it was the first iteration of the Black Lives Matter movement. So that's when Trayvon Martin was murdered. 
And I remember watching a lot of American news channels at the time. And uh, one of the pundits said, oh, if he wasn't wearing a hoodie, then he wouldn't have been seen as being, you know, a criminal. Like mm. black men need to change the way they're dressing. And that really struck a chord with me because at the same time, we had a lot of white tech bros in Silicon Valley being hailed for wearing their hoodies in the office and really changing what it was to be successful in the workplace. Mm. And streetwear was really like showing up a lot on the luxury fashion space. And athleisure was a big thing there. And I thought, well, why? Why on a black body is a hoodie a symbol to be feared? But on a white man, it's to be mm. revered. And I wanted to look at that in a deeper level. So I had a really supportive supervisor and I created this whole thesis, my project called The Hoodie Project. And I investigated the intersection between race, clothing and impression formation. And I did really well in it. He loved it. I loved it. And I just thought, God, I, I want to get more of this. Like, I just want to see if there's something else I can do. So I did a Google search and whilst I was doing my, throughout my dissertation, I found a style psychologist by the name of Kate Nightingale. Um, so I interned with her for about a year and she was the only person I knew doing any sort of like style and psychology, but she was doing it more on like personal styling and adding a psychological layer, mm. but also working with brands about how they use psychology to brand themselves and how they use uniform for their workers and how they can use retail psychology to design their spaces and I loved that but I just felt like mm, it wasn't quite me I wanted to continue my my studies my research then I did a, another google search during another existential crisis like what am I gonna do and I found the master's course at the London College of Fashion, the first time the master's was ever going to be run. So I don't know, I must have kept searching, kept searching, then it popped up. What was the master's course? Psychology for Fashion Professionals at London College of Fashion. Wow. Um, oh, no. And we were, <laughs> we were really like, the whole cohort, we were really like deer in headlights. Like we were all like learning as we go along, the, the lecturers as well. Like we had a lot of change. We didn't get super, like a lot of support because it was fresh, it mm. was new. But I remember again, my thesis was in reaction to what someone had said. This time a Vogue editor had said, if you put black models on the cover of a magazine, it won't sell. And again, I was enraged and I was like, I'm going to use science to disprove mm. this. So um, I did my final year thesis proving empirically that if you have black models on covers, on in advertisements, black consumers not only invest in the brand more, but they're willing to spend more on that project. And I actually got that published in academic yeah, I was just journal. Say, that was the one. Yeah, that must have been a very exciting. That time was as exciting. Well. Yeah, like, I felt very proud too. I was very proud. And then during my graduation, I remember posting a picture with my like fist up in the air because I was like, oh, I'm because I was the only black person on that course, and it was the first time it ever run in the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a first of a first. And that picture went viral and then Amazing. yeah I got picked up by a lot of press and I was like wow there is interest in here so I decided to like I had a blog that I was just posting all of my research about on the side and I just kept doing it kept posting about it then I'd get oh a journalist request and then another one and then oh like we want you to come and give a talk or you want you to collab with us and then it just kept I'm still like trying to figure out what I'm doing in my mm. life at this time just I'm a working. question at this point were you working yes yeah, so okay. when I graduated I was interning straight away and then working and I thought god I love psychology I love fashion like marketing that's kind of why I felt like it was a natural mm. need because it's consumer psychology yeah. research insights marketing um but I still had that you know side hustle going mm. And it literally wasn't until a literary agent slid in my DMs. And she was like, oh, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I had not thought about that <laughs> at all. 
But um, it made me feel like, wow, there's actually like proper legs to this mm. thing. Then I got a really a long-term deal with Afterpay. They're like the... I don't know if you know, they're like the Klarna, but in the US. Oh, okay. Um, and well, I... Like, it's like you can pay in Yeah, pay, pay in installments. Yeah. But they're really <coughs> great because they give me like all their data on like what's trending. And I do give like all of the psychological insights into why this is trending, why consumers might be buying this, why they're gravitating towards. And I got that and then I got the book deal and then I was like, right, this is a thing now. I have enough stuff to mm. kind of fall back on in case it all falls down. So I'm going to go for it. And it was literally December 2021. I like quit my job and I've been doing this full time now. That's quite recent. Yeah, actually. it's only been a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. And here you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very honoured. <laughs> I've got so many I questions. Know, I, know. I feel like you could answer sometimes. I'm going to speak for both of us. Mm -hmm. We have like these ideas in our head or like thoughts of like why things happen or why people react the way they react to things. And we can't um, explain ourselves very well. Mm. And I feel like that's the psychology behind like what we're trying to say doesn't sometimes translate. Like when you're talking about you know, the like if black guys wear like hoodies, but when white people do yeah. like it's cool mm -hmm. and stuff, yeah. we had... Um, an episode when we talk about the streetwear brand Cortez, and mm. I was just trying to explain how, like, yeah, when rich white middle class people wear it, it's yeah. seen as cool, and it's. Yeah. But I couldn't explain it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and we, then I think it, we posted it on TikTok, and we were getting dragged, and it's oh, people. Yeah. You know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, you, you kind of put like an out of context. Um, clear, clear, clear yeah. broader conversation yeah. that maybe if you listen to the whole thing, you kind of get it. But trying to articulate it in a very succinct way that people mm. would understand yeah. is often quite difficult. And people might like yeah. naturally just get their back up if they feel like they're part of a group that's quote unquote being attacked. Yeah, not attacked. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really an attack. It wasn't you know really I mean? an attack. I think mm. I was just like, when it, and I think that's probably what your point was. It was I, think like, you're, I think what, what you had said was, um, like um, when black people wear street streetwear or Cortez particularly, yeah. you're deemed as like hood or blah, blah, yeah. blah. But a white person can wear it in one instance, be like, oh my God, you're super cool, you're super gang. Yeah. But they're able to navigate spaces that mm -hmm. a black person may not be able to. So they have that kind of freedom of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with you. I think it goes, it speaks to the fact that we don't buy clothes, right? We buy certain aesthetics we've got mm. certain ideals and lifestyles and of course with that it comes with a whole bunch of social constructs and other things that you know we may necessarily not have control of because we've just been put into these different situations where people have their own built-up ideals and ideals and I think that's why there's just so many layers to when a certain individual will wear something and it just has a different re reception and response to when someone else wears it. That's why I always say, like, you know, some stylists will be like, you should just wear whatever you want and just be free. I'm like, no, we don't have the ability to do that because mm. we have social norms and guidelines that we have to follow. And certain people have more liberty than others to really dress in certain ways and the reception will be completely different you know like like i said like a hoodie on a black body versus a hoodie on a white man like there's so much different constructs that we need to consider when getting dressed or when thinking about why people choose to dress in a certain way it's just so much beyond surface level that i really feel like people should grasp a lot more mm. 
Do you feel like <laughs> <she's>, <laughs> you, you know when it's like you don't know what you know? It's one of those sayings. Like the more you know, yeah. sometimes it's like power, and sometimes it can be like negative mm. because of your lens of like as a fashion psychologist yes. do you struggle to dress yourself and do you kind of yeah. put a lot of things and pressure onto yourself when you're picking something do you start kind of seeing oh this m- deeper meaning this yeah. means this or do you know what? it's completely the opposite oh, really? literally since I started doing this research I've never had like I have nothing to it I can't tell you the last time I've said that like I really have realized that I've started to change the way, not only the way I dress, but the way I shop. I think more carefully about what I own and how what I'm planning to buy is going to fit into that. What aesthetic or ideal am I trying to bring out? And I really check in with how I'm feeling that day, even my level of comfort. Like I might have this idea of a dress in my head, but if I'm not feeling that way, like I take that into consideration and I have things that I know okay, I really felt great that day when I wore the outfit. I felt comfortable, I felt confident, like I go back into that. I have a lot of con- like memories associated with the things that I own. Mm-hmm. So, and I always think about things that I have coming up and what I'm going to wear to it and like the scale I want to bring because we all have different sizes, mm. right? And for me, all of my research, I've realised that these different sizes, they have certain aesthetics as well. They have their own like... They have their own styles that they bring and they bring out a different side to me. So it's made everything a lot easier. And I think that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to empower people with this knowledge. I think when you have that knowledge, when you have that insight, then it becomes second nature. Then you stop thinking, oh, I have nothing to wear because you know you, you know how you want to feel or you know what you're going to want to buy in order to fit that. Mm. So everything just becomes a lot simpler. Oh my god, I feel so triggered. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. I've got two points. God, I've got so <laughs> We're gonna be here for yeah, ages. <laughs> I think I completely agree with what you're saying. But how do you think that fits into today's society when young kids are seeing, yeah. you know, these influencers wearing something new all the time mm. and feeling like yeah. they have to look a certain way and not? I feel like there's a there's a clash there. I feel like it's on yeah. one hand, it is really easy to just say like, you know, I don't think about what I'm wearing, this and that. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh no, but I'm really like panicking because I don't know who I'm going to wake up as today. And mm. is that aesthetic going to fit like where I'm going? Can I afford to, yeah. who I actually need, like yeah. want to be mm. as well? Yeah, I think that's something as well. I definitely wanted to touch on at the very beginning of the book. So in the introduction, I talk about all of the limitations to dressing your best self. Of course, the first thing is money as well. Like <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> feel like their best self is dripped in Gucci and Lou. And I talk about like, Think about like, what do you attach to those labels? Like what meanings do you derive from them and how can you look at stuff that's maybe more affordable to you and like get that same kind of feeling out of it? Looking Mm. at secondhand, looking at swapping, like all of there's so many other options, right? I think people just think they have to get the drip by any means necessary. And I was reading a paper actually today saying that because of social media and because trend cycles have become so shortened, we're experiencing something called attention deficit fashion where people just have to like constantly <laughs> feel like they need the new they need the new microchannel are they like a, a vanilla girl are they uh cottage core like are they do all these things and i feel like this is even why more than ever 
a knowledge of fashion psychology is even more important. You need to understand the trappings as well. Like retailers, they use psychological tactics to encourage you to buy, right? Mm. They have that scarcity. Oh, this is the last chance to buy something. Oh, did you forget something? Here's a special 10% discount for your birthday. <laughs> they don't care it's your birthday. They're using a principle called reciprocity, which means that you feel that if someone's done something for you, you need to pay them back in kind. Like even mm. though they gave you that 10% and you don't really need anything, yeah. you don't have money this month. Oh, I need to use it. Like that's what's getting you to a trap of I'm buying something and did I actually think about do I really like it? Does it fit into my wardrobe? Also understanding like there's some there's a study that found that when people are feeling insecure, they tend to buy things <laughs> for their ideal self rather than the <laughs> person they are now. Cut the cameras. <laughs> I shop the most yeah. when yeah. I'm that's down and out. There's like, yeah. a lot of studies have proven that because you want to buy your way out of the mood. You want to dress for that best self. But a lot of times when you when you shop in that particular negative mood, you buy things that don't fit in with your existing wardrobe or don't fit in with your day to day life or the person you are most of the time. So again, this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if you acknowledge all no, of that yeah. stuff, yeah. if you really take time to just mm. think, how how am I feeling? How is this impacting my behavior? Come on, how many things would be easier? It's so interesting because when, like, it's like having an unhealthy relationship with food. Like, mm. you can have an unhealthy relationship with, like, shopping and clothing. Yeah. But people just think, oh, like, you're just a shopaholic. You just buy loads. But they don't think about, like, the times in their life when no. people are buying loads and yeah. the types of things going that on they're buying. Exactly, what's going yeah. On. And it is an actual, like, a real condition. It's called oniomania. And I think it impacts, like, 6% of the uk population last paper i read like people do have that addiction to shopping because you do you get that instant mm. hit of dopamine it impacts the reward center in your brain i think the nucleus accumbens and some people when they have ineffective dopamine receptors they get too much of a hit and they so they have to they end up in this loop where they have to keep getting that high again and they have to keep buying and buying and because people just think oh it, it's drip and you know it's just they just think about the aesthetics you're not thinking about the deeper level like what's going on in that person is it something like more that you need to look into because they again they're only thinking about the surface level of clothes they're not thinking about the actual behavior behind it i'm just this is deep stuff. This is really... <laughs> this is deep stuff. I feel like I've yeah. really come to get red but today. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm getting red, but I also feel like I'm learning yeah. and unlearning things yeah, at the same like the time. Um, I really want to segue into something that you speak about quite frequently, the 4321 approach. <laughs> so the 4321 rule, um, I invented it in my chapter about... Um, and loser we're going shopping which i love um so basically <laughs> it's a way to reframe your mind when you approach shopping because i always say shopping is chemical warfare like i said you have the dopamine we're hardwired to be attracted towards novelty as humans so of course anything shiny and new is going to grab our attention is going to make us feel good yeah. you also have the adrenaline going on there it's so funny because mri scans have shown that we get that hit of dopamine in anticipation of getting something so all of those good feelings it's not even associated with the thing you're actually buying it's just the experience of shopping yourself and when you get too much of a dopamine hit you can cripple an area of your brain that helps you like weigh up pros and cons so it's how like going much going to shopping is so yeah. much more exciting yeah. like, like when you're shopping, paying and yeah and you, exactly. pay, 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 and then you get home and you're like what is oh, you don't even look in the bag yeah, sometimes for like, ages oh, is this all i had you try it on and then you're like 
it's gone. It's I know. You yeah. don't even remember yeah. that yeah. good moment. So that you, true. You had. Exactly. Even like waiting for something to come, like when you're shopping online, mm. and then it comes, and like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So this is why I created the four, three, two, one more. So four is think of yourself in four years' time. So researchers said that we have a dynamic relationship with our clothes that helps us navigate between three different ways we view ourselves: the person we fear to be person we are most of the time and the person that we hope to be so the person that we fear to be is like our worst selves and you know when we're just dressed like trash with yeah. our leggings have holes like our jumper has like stains <laughs> on it it's just like no one wants to see me i hate myself like this it's like how i'm exhibiting that physically through the way i'm dressing and we do all have days like that and the person we are most of the time are kind of like our everyday wears things that we wear around the office things that we wear at home like things just make us feel like more comfortable enough in, our, in ourselves and the person that we hope to be is things that we wear you know when you're going out you're going to a big event you're going on a date like things and you want to just be that best version of yourself so four years is about thinking about you know the best version of yourself is always somewhere you think in the future like where are you being five years time Think about what that person looks like. I think that's the thing that we always miss. Like, you might say, like, oh, in four years' time, Prinny will have, like, a big house, a lovely husband, and, like, a big car and everything. But what what does she look like? What's the aesthetics? Like, I think that's a big part of that. That helps you kind of visualise the picture. And... I feel like when I started to dress like that, I realized a lot of the stuff I have is stuff I've had from like since uni when I started getting into fashion psychology mm. because I could see the person and the career and the life I wanted to have and the aesthetic that fitted into that. So those clothes lasted me for a long time. So that's how you make sure that things will not be a one and done. And it's the same thing with three three different occasions as well make sure you're not just t- buying this outfit for one party that you're gonna post <laughs> and then it's like oh not our only person that i already want no like think about it f- like beyond that you know different three different occasions or three different ways you can wear it like say you bought a co-ord how can you dress it up how can you wear the trousers with something else or the top with something else so making again just really reaffirming the fact that you're going to get the most out of this outfit and then two take two deep breaths like i said you have the dopamine you have the adrenaline it's causing like your nervous system to just be overloaded you're not thinking straight take two deep breaths calm yourself down make sure that you are making the right decision and i would say one good night's sleep i think it's the best rule even if you're doing anything risky like i don't know sending a risky text to your ex or just doing something you might not be doing <laughs> why would i want to sleep before sleep, doing that <laughs> <laughs> so probably risky exactly but oftentimes you wake up and you're like oh yeah. i don't know if i should have done yeah. that i don't know if i should have bought that it's the same thing but people have been say like oh if i sleep on it it's gonna go how many times have you looked on like a zara cell and it's like oh it's gone and then it comes back again mm. or you go on depop and you sell see a million people selling that same okay. thing like fashion is so cyclical there's so many clothes in the world you're gonna find it again or you're gonna find something similar like stop letting that FOMO dictate what you're buying 4321 4, 3, 2, <laughs> I feel like we have really um changed the way we shop now mm. as well mm-hmm. we um taught ourselves about greenwashing yeah. and sustainability and just having a bit more understanding of like the fast fashion industry which is absolutely mental and mm-hmm. trying to encourage our listeners obviously not dictating like whether they should or shouldn't yeah. but just encouraging them to be a bit more conscious and intentional with the way they're shopping and like yeah. buying similar to what you're saying like buying things properly and now everyone can do four three two one yes mm. you can and i think there's like interesting studies 
about that as well like i paper by one of my old like lectures found that when you wear sustainable clothing your subjective happiness actually increases so like you feel better about yourself and i think that's because there's finally alignment between what you feel and what you're doing because if you do any survey they'll say millennials gen z they believe in sustainability <laughs> but at the same time Shein and like preality like they are doing well exceedingly every single year so you have that cognitive dissonance which is that psychological discomfort when you're basically contradicting yourself so actually when you change your behavior you'll feel better because you'll finally be walking the walk you know mm -hmm. and like listening to yourself and making sure that you're being authentic not just in what you're saying but actually mm -hmm. like how you're living and of course how you're dressing what's your personal opinion on and kind of i guess blend in like things that you've read on sustainability and also brands pushing sustainability as an agenda because i know you did mention that like a lot of these brands use psychological tactics and we found when we were like researching greenwashing and stuff you have a lot of um a lot of these brands that will have like oh this is like the sustainable collection but yeah. like question mark how sustainable is it so mm -hmm. like what's your kind of opinions on that yeah i think of course with anything that is socially acceptable and is popular a brand is going to profit off of that and mm. i think that's a big driving force which i think is quite interesting in a sense because it shows that the consumer now has even more power to dictate like what is happening not that the owner should be on the consumer right i do think there should be not just the brands but legislation should be in place to make mm. sure that these companies are acting sustainable and they're not continuing to damage the planet but i think that the more people are talking about it and it's becoming more popular, brands are just, whether they believe in it or not, they're going to have to be more transparent with their practices and they're going to have to change in order to respond to demand. But I think, in a sense, psychology is also missing from the sustainability conversation because I know there's a lot of activists who are doing amazing work and they're just talking about all the damage that uh, fast fashion is doing, but it's very much like look what you're doing to the planet and very chastising and look at all of this waste and in today's age how easy is it to just oh scroll past like mm, i don't want to yeah. hear that just change the channel like i don't want to hear that like in a sense i think you really need to get to the root of how people are thinking and really target them to make it as personal to them as possible i think we learned with covid that people are inherently very selfish like they only really care about things when it hits home to them mm. or when it's like yeah or someone on a personal level something that's impacting them so that's why i like to talk about clothes and fashion in a way that look how this can benefit you like look at these studies to show how you can feel better look at how much money you can save look at how you can dress more authentically and make yourself feel more confident i think that's how we need to start reframing things because people are so wrapped up in their own world it's hard to think about oh all of the clothes that are washing up in the shore in west africa when you're in your little bubble in your world just trying to dress your way out of feeling insecure and just trying to post on the gram you know like that's what i'm trying to do like change these habits and break these cycles so that people unwittingly become more sustainable i think as well though there's this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
there's a huge distance between like your everyday person and like this kind of system i feel like they might think that it's much further away than mm. it actually is like when you think sustainable shopping you think that it's expensive or, mm. or you know not now but charity shops sometimes have had a bad reputation like oh like you're wearing dirty clothes and that i think they need yeah. to bridge the gap yeah um rather than like you said like telling us off like look at what you're doing yeah. i feel like it's just that education there and I knowing so. like the different ways that you can be more sustainable. yeah and i think it's about normalizing it which is why i was so happy to be working with like ebay and the love island campaign because as like they just looked like normal like you wouldn't think that everything that everything that they were wearing was pre-loved like they look like any sort of Gen Z millennials just mm. out on a night out like a lot of people think that sustainability has a certain aesthetic of like super high fashion or just like very artsy yeah. and I think people don't understand that's not normal this is pre-loved this is I got this from Depop this was from mm. Zara originally it's cheaper than when mm. I got it um if I had got it straight from Zara and you can I think it takes a lot of time as well because when you first go on these apps it can be like like an eBay or a Depop it's or a, a Vinted yeah. it can be like a lot but like with anything the more you go on it the more it learns you and then I'm like oh Depop you just recommend mm. me things that I like you know but again you need to fall through to one because that's oh, another yeah. thing yeah. people think oh I'm just shopping sustainable I have a cousin she's like oh I'm gonna go on Vinted Vinted I'm like you've bought, look how much you bought just because it's pre-loved it doesn't mean that you are not being mm. you're being sustainable right you're you're having an unsustainable shopping practice right now you're overbuying mm. so again even though you're shopping somewhere sustainable doesn't mean you're being really sustainable that's why you need psychology to change the way you're responding to these things and understanding how you're buying and how that's impacting you and if you really need it in a sense mm. yeah as part of the um ebay love island campaign like what did you do what was your kind of contribution yes. so i was the fashion psychologist behind that campaign and it was all about reflective dressing so again i think they realized that as much as they can push this whole idea of pre-loved and dress all the islanders in it again you need to understand like what's the impact right like how how do we need to get people to really think about pre-love so i was just talking about again like not just seeing your clothes as clothes like understanding how they can impact you how they make you feel and even like how they impact the way other people respond to you so there's studies that say like when you're on a date and you're wearing the color red like the opposite partner will view you as being like more sexually interesting and they'll get more aroused and sometimes when you're dressing in a certain way that mimics your partner that creates a stronger bond and a connection because people like what's familiar and like what's similar and it's just about understanding yeah the impact of clothes in creating connectivity and in relationships and just in group dynamics as well I even loved when I was talking about like how the girls and the guys like help each other get dressed as well like clothes and fashion it can be community right mm. it can be something that can get, take if you're part of an in group or an out group and you can bring you closer together so I was giving all of the insights on that um and I, I just loved it and I was working with um the senior stylist on there and she was just showing all of the amazing trends. I actually don't think the islanders really took advantage of the trends they had in there they had really? luxury names yeah luxury labels like authenticated sneakers like everything it was so they had lots of good options in there and I, I actually think they did a good job of showing how just the everyday person mm. can dress and style um but I think the greatest ambassadors were like the Dami and Tasha I think they really showed that yeah you yeah. can look hot and like fresh off the runway and pre-loved so how does it work if, you, if you're allowed to say like yeah. 
do they bring in clothes daily or they choose clothes before they go in and pack it? Like, how does it? Yeah, oh my God, they're going to come. I hope I get this right. So, <laughs> I hope I get this right. You know, so basically, from what I remember, they um, curate a kind of selection of clothes. So, they have like all the trends that they're going to go through and they like, they literally shop on eBay themselves to pick out these clothes for them. And then they meet the islanders before they go on, but they're not even allowed to know anything about them, just mm. their names. Like, they can't interact with them at all. I'm not sure why that was, but it was very hush hush. And so they give them the measurements and they let them try things on and they're allowed to bring like one item from theirs from home. Oh. And then so they all have this ward the collection of clothes is like in that one wardrobe and they all have to share it. And then they have a seamstress that's on the island with them that can like make alterations. alterations. And then they get like a, a couple more drops throughout the season. Um but yeah, they all have to share it. And yeah, I think that's that's how it goes. That's yeah. so interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, because when because we were always like, oh God, you know, Love Island partnering with like these fast fashion brands mm. yeah, isn't yeah. great. Like we we're yeah. pushing a really bad agenda and then they partnered with eBay and we were just like, so how does that work? Like yeah. we were just like, we can't see how th like mm. this is great and it's like yeah. a huge step uh, in the right direction. But we were just like, this, how is this going to influence us yeah. as yeah. like the consumer to <coughs> shop more sustainably? I wish this was a bit more public knowledge mm. yeah. of yeah. how... Like the process, the yeah. The process and how they incorporated mm -hmm. it. I'm Maybe it was, and yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. But this is so interesting no, yeah. To, yeah, I agree. When we, when we did like the launch party with... It's Amy Bannerman, and she's the senior scientist at eBay. She was telling us all the tips and tricks she used to like find these like items that she was searching for for the contestants. Like sometimes spelling like the name wrong. I think she spelled like, I don't know, like Jean-Paul Gaultier like a bit wrong. And then she found like a uh, like a oh. super like amazing outfit from them and it was like really discounted one of a kind like there's so many finds on ebay mm. and i think they should even yet yeah, incorporate that a bit more like showing how you can find it but on their socials they did a really good job of showing like how you can get these items and like where you can find it on mm. ebay um but again i think <coughs> this is another thing people get into habits of just going to the same places yep. that they yeah. know. They're going to go straight to PLT, to Boo, mm. to Miscadi, because that's what they know. So it's about breaking those habits. And that's what I'm trying to do with promoting fashion psychology, like showing like there's another way, like you can try something new, just try to think about it differently. Um, but yeah, I really feel like secondhand is it's now starting to get the light that it should. Because even I can say like, I'd say like when I was first starting out like with with fashion psychology I didn't like have a foggiest idea about charity the charity shops near me were dead like they always mm. stank like they weren't that great but then you realize oh there's specific charity shops that you need yeah. to go to and yeah. there's a way to shop and there's even clothes swapping and there's all these websites and there's even sites that will come and collect all of your clothes for you and put it on site and sell it for you. Like there's just so oh, wow. many different options. I think people are actually spoiled for choice, but again, they don't want to get out of their like comfy routines. Yeah. They mm. just want to do what's best for them. Because I have like certain friends who are great eBay finders. Like they find really nice designer stuff, like super discounted. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to do mm. so. I'm going to yeah. get on eBay. And then I'm like, Ah, where do I start? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how do you find these things? Like, I just is. sit there and I just look and this, and I'm like, I don't have to time to just yeah, yeah, sit yeah. there and just look and stuff. Yeah. But it's great. I feel like you know these tips and tricks and ways to like yeah. access those clothes faster. Yeah, mm. but 
making sure that I'm buying it if I need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not overdoing you said, it. Like, I don't have the time, but like, why not? Like, yeah. why can't you find shopping? It should be a, a lovely experience yeah. where you're getting to know a bit more about yourself and hunting down like a treasure. Like, it should be something that mm. you take time in. I think people don't understand with fast fashion. It's not just the way it's produced, it's the way it's consumed as well. Yeah. You're like, next day delivery, like, I need to get it now, I need to get it for this, but I need to just get something now, mm. now, now. But not why? Why do you have to get yeah, yeah, something yeah. so fast? Yeah. I mean, we used to be, I wouldn't say we were like shopaholics but before when we used to um, spend money at all those fast fashion brands that we don't anymore we don't like to talk about <laughs> literally um, we don't we're really good now and then we, <laughs> and then we went through our like awakening moment we found out about greenwashing sustainability and we were like wow yeah. and I feel like sometimes looking back we might have taken an unhealthy approach to being like we're not shopping there anymore never again and we're also gonna just not really shop that much because we don't want to over consume. Yeah. And I'm not sure about you, but I personally, if, if I speak for both of us, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we found a healthy balance between yeah. I'm really trying to help the planet, but like I also need to still shop and I need to spend my, I need to yeah. buy stuff and I need to build out my wardrobe because it's, I don't know if it's normal to just like not shop for a year. Yeah. So what's your opinion on like, yeah. Mm -hmm. finding a healthy balance and what does what does that like normal balance look like yeah i do i do really think it's different for everyone like i or i say in my book as well like i'm not saying never shop again like i just don't think that's realistic Mm. i think once you start really investigating what's in your wardrobe that's why i have a whole chapter on like understanding your wardrobe and there's this concept called wardrobe ethnography which is essentially the idea of finding out about more about yourselves through your wardrobe because everything you've bought everything you've worn or it's all a comment on who you were at that time what was your headspace the things you were influenced by your likes or dislikes like it says something about you so I always say that's the first step like figuring out what you have and what you love and then once you do that I think you'll really understand what is missing or what you want um like a lot of the times I know people will end up buying like three white t-shirts or like four black hoodies because you don't know what's already in your wardrobe you Mm. don't know what's existing um and then when you start to think about okay what do I want to achieve with these outfits like how do I want to feel like then I think you understand how to shop a bit better as well I think a lot of times we have clothes for like we're not comparing the need to what we have so we'll have maybe like a ton of going out clothes but really we're not really going out as much as we used to <laughs> and they're taking up a lot of space yeah, in our yeah, wardrobe yeah. so then it's again about understanding okay what who am i like what am i doing what's my day-to-day like like where do i want to be going and matching that up with your wardrobe like that mm. there's so many things to understand and i think once you have a comprehensive understanding of that then you'll be able to say okay i only actually need this or i only actually need that or okay okay, I need to scrap half of this. Or actually, no, I don't. Like, it's very personal. That's why I say I don't like saying, like, have a signature style or these are the three pieces you'll need in your wardrobe. No, because that's me and it's different for you. But Mm. you need to do the work to figure out what is suitable for your lifestyle and for your life and how you want to feel and how you want to be perceived. I find that a a bit difficult because I don't know who I am for example I don't know who I am yeah. no but like every day I'm like like I'm sure you hear be like oh I'll be like oh so what are you gonna wear to this thing like yeah and it's in like two weeks she's like, I don't know like I have to wake up and see who I'm gonna have be that vibe, day yeah. yeah like I need to know but I feel like I think I find it really hard to dress because I'm 
influence and appreciate so many different aesthetics and trying to fit all of those aesthetics into the wardrobe, but then come like forget like kind of like getting over it and be like, oh no, I don't. I'm not really that person anymore. Like yeah. I feel like what's the time scale to then like finally be comfortable know who you are yeah to then be able to shop accordingly because mm. i shop and i'm still like i hate What's everything style, like yeah. what is my style like what yeah. am i doing why am i buying this and at that time these green trousers were great and it's like and now i'm scared to wear them and i'm like everyone's gonna laugh mm. at me because i'm wearing green trousers but it's like <laughs> but then again <laughs> this is what i'm saying you know, like, it's you like, need like to... there's so many um yeah but i think there's two things first i think there's nothing wrong with being influenced by a lot of different things. I have no kind of signature style. I think if you look on my Instagram, mm. like one day I'm very feminine, other day I'm very like masculine and androgynous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then other day I'm like very like business. Like I have a lot of sides to me and I refuse to have a signature style because I'm not a cartoon character. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm. not just a, a Anna Wintour. Like, I just feel like that's so limiting and I feel like that doesn't allow you to express all of the different sides to you, which I think is beautiful. Like, you should be able to have an eclectic wardrobe. But then when you understand what the different sides to you are and you really get into nitty-gritty of what you do like and what you don't, I think then it becomes easier. Like, have you done that, like, kind of, sit with yourself and like create a, like a mood board and understand like I just really don't go even through. know how to do that like I'm sitting like mm -hmm. um, I've been meaning to create mood boards for like the past five years I'm like yeah I'm gonna create a mood board and yeah. I'm like I don't even know what I like. Like, I actually don't even like, yeah. what is it that that's I the, like? That's the first, you're not going to be able to shop yeah. if you don't know God, what you so like. It's about knowing yourself. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm saying. A lot of people feel like that. So they just keep buying stuff and they don't know. But that's your work. You need to sit with yourself yeah. and figure out what you like and who you're inspired by and understand that that might change. And it's fine. Like, that's why I'm saying you can't never not shop because you're, beliefs and your inspirations they're gonna evolve with you and so is your wardrobe like i used to have a wardrobe that was like 90 percent raving dresses ask me the last time i went raving <laughs> i'm not that person anymore <laughs> and that's fine like now my wardrobe shifted slightly but i still have things from when i was like 19 20 like because i really sat down when i got all of this research i realized like okay this is what i like i like these kind of styles i want to be this kind of person then it became easier but you can't do one without the other yeah. right you have to do the work first but don't look, think about it as something scary i think it's exciting to find out about yourself and to uncover new things about yeah. you and different inspirations it's like you're an artist right you're like create your wardrobe is like a work of art you're creating that like you're a curator like you should be excited to start that channel yeah. challenge and journey challenge within myself and find what i am, <laughs> who I am. you're gonna get there for sure i mean we started off this year quite strong in terms of like um sharing things that we learn in terms of like dopamine dressing and one of the themes that comes up maybe every week is talking about like personal style mm -hmm. but hearing you say that you you don't feel like you have like one look no. but you kind of dress for the different versions of yourself and your wardrobe can be eclectic i personally feel like your style is still quite cohesive in a way and you, you can kind of see your identity just expressed in different ways yes so i don't really know if this is a question but like is that a form of personal style do you believe that people should be chasing a personal style no i don't think people should be chasing a personal style okay. i think 
again, like I am as much as I have different sides to me, it's still me. It's two sides of the same coin, right? Mm. So you are going to see like similarities mm. between things that I buy, but I haven't said like I am like a high fashion girly, like all of my outfits are gonna be like I haven't said that. Like I need to have these three things. Mm. I haven't said that at all. Um it's because I've kind of understood what these different sides to me are that this kind of wardrobe has followed alongside that. Um, I also really love this theory, which is like the bread and butter of a fashion psychology, which is enclosed cognition. I don't know if you guys have uncovered that during your like dopamine dressing yeah. research. Okay. So enclosed cognition, essentially when two researchers got a group of people together and they asked them all to wear white coats and then they told, they split the group in half. They told one group that their white coat was a doctor's coat. And they told the other group that their white coat was like a painter's jacket. And then they got them to take a series of tests. And lo and behold, the group that was wet, told they were in the doctor's coat outperformed the group in the painter's um, coat on tests that were related to attention to detail um, and focus. And they concluded that it's because of the meaning that they ascribe to the coat. They associated it with a doctor who has attention to detail, who is meticulous, who is better mm. response. There was no difference in the abilities between the two groups. So it just goes to show you there's a mind close connection. So I think that's a great way for people to kind of navigate between between a different version of themselves when they're getting dressed. Think about, okay, what I want to feel empowered. I want to feel confident. I want to feel um you know self-assured or I want to feel comfortable then you understand who are the people or what kind of looks do I associate with those feelings then you can create that mood board and say okay like for me it was I, I think I had like Tracy Ellis Ross SZA Rihanna and then some unnamed like influences on my list because I worked at it from okay these are the people these are the ideals and these are the traits that I admire and then also these are the styles that I associate with those traits and these are the ones that I like and the the relationship with I have my body currently this is what I think will flatter it and make me feel good about it and then it just kind of narrows and narrows and narrows and then you just get more like refined and more refined and then you kind of then you end up having a wardrobe that is very empowering because you thought not just about how it looks but the value that it has and then you understand now that you've thought about it in that way when you wear everything you're going to embody those traits you're going to feel like the best version of you because you've already thought about it in that way and I feel like that's just one tool right that's just one way where you can start thinking about your clothes differently to make you feel better or to make you feel more comfortable or to find us not even just a style but a way of being mm. like your clothes have the power to do that like it's proven like that's a like a like a scientific experiment that was proven so there's so much research to help you get to that level where you just feel the the, uh, the way you want to feel when you're wearing your clothes yeah I love I think I know what our problem is there are quite, in terms of like everything, that we obviously we have a podcast, yeah. we also DJ, we're on radio, yeah. we also still have full-time jobs, and then you go out with your friends, you go to certain types of raves, I go to different types of raves, yeah. not, not that different, but you know what I mean. And because there's so much, I think we've come at it from a lens of like, what is my style? Like, what is my one style that yeah. complements everything? Every and it's actually oh, not. We yeah. have to kind of look at, because I, I always struggle on a Saturday with radio, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah, I should really be wearing, like, I should have, like, cords or, like, tracksuits, like, ones that make me feel good. But then I'm like, 
that's the only space that I'd probably wear that because I have all these other things that I need to pay attention to. And then you're thinking about the money aspect. Yeah. And I can't I can't spend like £80 on this really nice tracksuit yeah. because that's eating into my <laughs> shopping budget. So I yeah. think that's what's difficult. We, yeah. We've thought about it as like one broad look no. that mm. applies across yeah. the board and actually that's not no, yeah. gonna yeah, work you need yeah to really drill down more into like the meaning the person you are obviously the functionality of mm. it as well but of course like i said there's limitations i've been dying to get new gym wear for so long God. it's not in the budget right now <laughs> you know what i mean like at least other things are in yeah. the budget yeah. so i'm gonna have to wear these old leggings but they're serving their purpose and mm. i know like i'm now i'm using this time to really analyze like and find about different brands and look at different styles and really think about okay do i want to wear this in the gym how's that going to make me feel am i going to be comfortable so now i know when it's time when the budget does allow mm. for this new outfit i know exactly where i'm going to buy i know what i'm going to wear and it's just going to be a lot easier i've got so i'm it's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really not as black and white as no, you think yeah, it is there yeah. is so much behind it and i hope that as you're listening cousins <laughs> that you're like feeling the same way that mm. i'm feeling like i feel like i felt so lost like we yeah 100%. both felt so lost for so long and i think even like the start of the, the podcast we've we've gone through such a journey and yeah. it's like we're still on this journey of like discovering ourselves through fashion like it's so important to like the person Mm. that you are Mm -hmm. um you mentioned earlier and you also touched on this with ebay how like when you dress when you're you you dress like if you're in a relationship you might slowly start dressing like your partner or like when you're in the office Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you slowly start like dressing like the people around you how is that just like because basically you don't have like a personal style or is is the psychology behind that just because like you're hanging out all the time so it's like yeah i don't think it's it's even that deep i think humans we're just like we're known to be social creatures right even from an evolutionary perspective like we just hang together and likeness breeds like familiarity as Mm. well it's just familiarity breeds likeness you know it's something that happens naturally and like there was this i think it's sociologists who discovered that when people are around those that are similar to them it bolsters their self-esteem and their self-concept which is the idea of who they are and also their social identity so who they are in relation to other people so it's just something that happens like subconsciously like but also there's rewards to it that i think make it more of a thing that we we do it more even though it's unconscious so in the study when people were talking about how they started to dress similarly to their colleagues they found that managers start to give more brownie points to people that dress similarly to them as well. So I think mm. like that's the thing. Like when people are dressing more <laughs> oh, like you, wow. you get closer to them. Um, yeah. I think same in relationships as well. Like the I more you like someone, you just closer to them. But I don't know if people are doing that super intentionally. Like well, I feel like Courtney Kardashian is like. Mm. <laughs> a pioneer a of that. Pioneer but of look at that. See how they're just similar and then they became couple goals. If they had completely different aesthetics, would we be seeing them as couple yeah. goals? Mm. Maybe not. Because they it's look like, like they're insane. Every one of her partners, she has mm. a different she lit they literally Do you know yeah. who does that as well? Brad Pitt. Have you seen that? 
throughout the years they showed him with his partners and he mimics their hairstyles please after this <laughs> oh please go gosh. and look at Brad Pitt anyone really? listening please look at Brad Pitt and his um, partners yeah he had the Rachel and he was her like he had like all of their styles going with Paltrow he had that shortcut that she had I'm telling you, he oh, is wow. the he's the comedian. But that's, so that's what just happens. That's what I'm saying. It's psychology. We just do this kind of unconsciously because we want to be as close as we can to what we like. And we'll just find our style start to shift. We might not even be buying stuff intentionally. We'll just realize mm. we'll start wearing that jeans with that top instead and those trainers. And Mm-mm-mm. it's just something that happens over time. Yeah, I think that's probably why I stopped following a, like too many influencers because i went through a phase of just thinking like a lot of the influencers i was following they all look the same anyway have mm. that kind of like influencer aesthetic and then i just felt like i was buying into things just because that's what they're wearing not necessarily because that's yeah. how i want to look or what i actually yeah, yeah. want mm-hmm. just because yeah. it's like you're kind of consuming that so yeah you just feel like not and that's not really all pressure like carbon yeah. copies now and everyone yeah. looks like the cargoes but yeah. i always say like people really chastise that but i don't think that's that much of a bad thing like we are like for example we're all black women similar age living in london of course we're gonna have similar tastes right we'll mm. be, we're watching the same thing same we're all watching love island we're all going to recess or dlt like mm. we're all being influenced by the same thing of course we're all gonna have a similar style and be influenced by the same things but it's about understanding if you like it and if it's right yeah. for you like if we come today wearing the same jumpsuit like that's fine because it means it might mean something completely different, different. to what it means to you it might feel different to me than what it feels to you. you might be expressing a different thing like i think that's fine as well mm. I, I just looked to you because one of prinny's like <laughs> <laughs> like she no literally if she goes to an event and someone's wearing the same thing as I'm her literally going like home. she's going high oh, really? <laughs> exactly. that's, that, that's like my worst nightmare. Okay. Like, it's ruined why? my night. Have you asked yourself mm, why? I think... You know what? I th- This is just like a penny drop moment. It's just clicked in my head. Mm-hmm. Growing up, my mum was always like, do things because you want to do it, not because mm-hmm. someone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't... Co- like, she was like, hated the idea yeah, of like, copy copying. Mm-hmm. So I think subconsciously, it's like, there's a negative link between me mm. wearing the same thing or doing the same thing as yeah. someone because it's like, I'm copying you, which yeah. isn't actually like in itself a bad thing, mm-hmm. but that's my... But you even see there like how there's such a deeper psychology yeah. behind something, the way you <laughs> dress and the way you style. Like, yeah. you see what I mean? Like there's so many different levels to it. That's why I'm saying you need to get the chance to think about it because that mm. because you have that relationship there and that relationship with your mom and that meaning there i think that that's absolutely understandable and that's mm. fine that's why i say i don't i'm not like a stylist i'm not going to tell you just this or do that way but i need i'm trying to get you to think about why, why you do the things that you do and why you wear the things you wear oh god the um when the whole black girl aesthetic drama happened oh yeah and oh, yeah. what was what was the whole point of like oh there was the two girl no was it oh I think no. the girl, the come on now that was, was that was that what kicked off the black girl I aesthetic? Can't remember. there was also a girl Argument. on tiktok that kind of spoke about the black girl aesthetic i can't even remember there's a lot going on and um but you just made that point where like it makes sense that if we're like you know black girls and mm. stuff we're all gonna like see the same things take i'm just like trying to make a oh point you're talking about when um she was the jada waiter yeah and they were both copying jada yeah, waiter. yeah 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 that's what i'm saying no one is reinventing the wheel here like it's oh, it's very God. i always say like it's hard to have an original yeah. thought like mm. we're in 2023 even 
fashion psychology, like this has been researched from like 60, 70 years old. Like this is nothing new. People have been thinking about this for a long time. There's just nothing, there's hardly any new ideas under the sun. Mm. So I just hate when people focus so much on, oh, being unique and because we we do have that desire to stand out as much as we have a desire to fit <laughs> no. in but yeah, me, it's like, I, stand stand out. Like, I want to be unique i want to stand yeah. out i want to do it but the just focus should be more about how you feel and how it's serving yeah. you and how your clothes are empowering you and making you helping you to navigate your day-to-day it shouldn't be about oh like this is good because I'm just standing out. As much as, the, I'm not going to lie, there are benefits to standing out. There was a study, I think it was called Clothes Make the Man, and it said that when leaders are dressed slightly different to their colleagues, they are seen as being like more, like take charge. Mm. They're seen as being a bit more dominant. Like people like people that go against the grain because it's novelty again it's something new and it's exciting but that shouldn't be like your main focus you know it's you something you can definitely consider but your main <laughs> focus should be about feeling everything. good it's just yeah. honestly feeling good in what you're wearing i think that's the main thing at the end of the day yes <laughs> <laughs> what is <laughs> the where does the fear of wanting to try new things or Ooh, the fear yeah. of wearing certain things like where does that come from because yeah. as a kid well i can't speak for everyone yeah. everyone's brought up differently like i was allowed to express myself and wear like the most craziest things yeah. and like my mom literally would be like what the hell is this child wearing but you do you boo wear mm-hmm. what you want to wear but then as you get older like this fear of just wearing something different like and like i guess it's one like what people are going to say about mm. you but yeah no one actually cares but you still have that kind of yeah situate like how do you <laughs> how do you break not how do you break away from that but what would your advice like why do you think that happens so often yeah i do think it's because people want to be liked you know people like to be liked and you know there are studies that say that when people are dressed like in popular fashion or in culture fashion or just similarly like i said people are liked more and any deviation to that could be it's normally it's seen as something new and exciting but obviously when the people are challenged with something new or challenged what their preconceived idea of what fashion and cool is their response could be something that's less than favorable you know and obviously yeah. i think so dressing similarly can be a way of protection Mm. um and we have to realize as well like in our culture yeah we are free to dress like however we like but in a lot of cultures that's not the case Mm. as well like people are really like demonized for going outside of the norm um and like you said people are growing up in different ways like people might have been chastised for trying to do something different um even trying to live their lives differently like people do experience a lot of hate and judgment against that so again i always say like explore within the bounds of your world and what you're comfortable exploring in like i'm not just like i never say like express yourself because it's just not it's not practical and as much as we would love to live in a utopia that's not necessarily the case like i would love to walk down like liverpool street wearing my carnival costume at trinidad that makes me feel Mm. fun and that makes me feel exciting but if i wear that outside of the context of carnival i'm going to be like looked at like a freak like they're gonna post me and people are gonna say what the hell she's wearing she's a whore for showing so much skin you know what i mean like these are things that unfortunately we have to consider in society um but like I said, it's just about exploring those bounds and start thinking about, okay, are these 
limitations being placed on me are they legitimate like do they actually exist like for example like workplace dress codes like that's something we're just more tangible or is it my own limitations that i'm placing on myself like oh people are gonna stare at me and mm. people are gonna think that because a lot of the times if we dig into that we'll find that actually that's we don't have mm. any proof to back that up that's just something that's coming from a deeper insecurity that maybe if we work through we can find a way to work <laughs> past it <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <That'll do it. laughs> I'm going to have to listen back to this yeah. with a pen and paper. Do you paper. know who needs to listen to this episode? Who? The kitty boys that just wear designer. We mm. wear that designer for yeah. all the time. You know, they, I feel like they really need a, a hard look at their own psych, fashion psychology and why they feel the pressures yeah. to wear like, and think that you know they look good because they're wearing designer and this and that, and it's yeah. just not the case all mm. the time. Yeah, sometimes they look good, but yeah, it as even saying that though, like it is true, like luxury and these logos, they do come with a certain different response to how people perce- like mm. perceive you, right? People see these luxury labels and they assume like, oh, that person has money, and with that thinking, you give that person a certain level of respect that you might not necessarily have if you didn't see that that label for example there was a study that got researchers to like drive a car but station it outside of a traffic light and when the light went green they were told not to stop and when they were in uh, like a regular run in the mill like a ford car whatever people behind them were beeping and shouting at them like move yourself but when he was in like a super luxury car people were a lot more patient and sometimes they didn't even beep the horn and that just goes (laughs) to show when people see those labels people respond differently they acquiesce more to people who look like they have a higher level of resources because of something called the halo effect which means that we see people have these labels and these resources we think oh they're better than us they're more resourceful they're more intelligent um i need to get to know them like we Mm. just put that positive spin on everything they have so that makes sense why you know these people who may be in coming from disadvantaged backgrounds or maybe being excluded would want to have that level of access and would want to be perceived that way which is another reason why luxury is so kind of coveted I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to get told off for saying this, but when yeah. I see it, I'm like, you're a fraud boy. Like, I don't even think, like... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And I'm like, that's F, because why you, all this, like, your shoes are costing a grand, the, 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 mm. yeah, defo banging F, like, you... Yeah, can't afford that. Yeah, but like, I get... That's a feasible yeah. way of, like, but that's what I think as well. But it's a shame that that's could be potentially the disconnect like from their perspective they feel like gosh if I wear all this stuff people are going to look at me and think like I'm that guy and Mm -hmm. then actually people from your own community are like you don't have to do all that like yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but even maybe to them like maybe just the appearance of them belonging is way more important to them mm. rather than the perception of if they're not getting this through like legitimate means mm. like it's the fact that they got it like that's how they're viewing it and that's why they think it's so important and of course like your perception of like fraud is different to someone else yeah. it's like someone yeah. else that's goals for them you know like it really <laughs> depends <laughs> no, true, true, true. perception is so yeah. important yeah. yeah everyone views everything differently which is again it ties back to the whole thing about personal taste and personal style it really is personal it should mm. be personal because there's so many factors that kind of contribute to why someone chose to buy and wear certain things 
It's been real. That was great. It's been real. You know, <laughs> I, feel, I've never felt so speechless on the podcast no, 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 no. in my life. No, honestly, so much, so much, so much. The debrief I'm after gonna, this. After oh God, this, the really? talking to you I'm gonna have in the mirror. I'm gonna be like, listen, bitch, sit down. What are you like? What are you? What are you feeling inside? No, listen, my my wardrobe is in for a shock because I'm yeah. coming for all them gums that don't make sense, or I can make the ones, them make sense. Yeah, yeah. What about the ones that you just don't want to throw away for just in case like what is the this just, is a just yeah. in case though yeah i found exactly. it i was um I, my parents were clearing out the loft and yeah. I had to, they were like come and get your stuff i was like okay and this is something that i bought in the lockdown on one of those oh i'm just shopping oh saving so much money on yeah. travel <laughs> yeah. and i bought it and it came and at the time i was doing like home fashion content i did a nice little reel and it's lovely yeah. and i was like well, that's great. I actually am never going to wear that because I don't actually see myself in it in real life mm. outside of the post, which is like so toxic. And I saw it and I was like, okay, I can either give this to charity, I can sell it on Depop, yeah. or I can just wear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm wearing it. I yeah. I like it. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's done. And that's why I have that whole chapter about actually how to clear out your wardrobe. Like, mm. you shouldn't just be, yay, the book. Um, you shouldn't just be thinking about oh I haven't worn this in a while like get rid of it or this is not in fashion anymore get rid of it you need to be thinking about it in relation to identity so like I said like we have our like future identities so the best version of ourselves which maybe we haven't quite got yet and we have like our kind of continuing identities again who we are most of the time then we have discontinued identities right the person that we just don't identify with we don't resonate with that version of ourselves and we have those outfits that kind of symbolize that time and a lot of times we realize that things that we don't wear it's not that it hasn't it's not that it doesn't fit into a discontinued identity we just maybe haven't given it a chance or we haven't figured that out yet mm. or we haven't realized actually this is part of my continuum or even the best version of myself i just haven't rec like recognized that yet so there's ways to declutter that is kind of beyond yeah just how often you've worn something you there's other ways to think about it and like you said you can explore treasures um that look great on you mm. now <laughs> stunning um you can get Taylor's yes. book big dress energy in all the bookshops yes and on amazon <laughs> as well and amazon yeah. as well if you want a quick way of getting stuff um and we're gonna read ours oh gosh with a highlighter with a listen that's notepad so highlighter yeah. pencil yeah. actually I've i'm not gonna highlight it it's special i'm gonna write <laughs> separate, got, notes. Yeah, separate notes I yeah. feel like i've got a lot of big dress energy work to do mm -hmm. yeah. um where can everyone find you? Yes, so I actually have a podcast myself of the same name. If you want to digest Big Just Energy in a different way, it's Big Just Energy, the podcast. It's just on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But mostly you can find me on Instagram at Shakayla Elise. Also, if you want all the fashion psychology content, it's at Fashion is Psychology. We have a website, fashionispsychology.com, with all of the latest research and insights into fashion psychology. Um, oh my god and on TikTok yes at yeah. Shakayla Elise and Twitter but I mostly just talk about Love Island and like silly gossip on there but yeah honestly buy the book it's good <laughs> I'm really excited I'm excited and we've got to get you back on yeah. another time oh, this honestly. has been so enlightening honestly an hour doesn't like do it justice like a breath of fresh air <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's been it's been really nice and I'm sure like everyone listening mm -hmm. has like really appreciated um, having you as our guest as well yeah Thank you.
Thank you. We'll see you next week. But obviously, if you want more extracurricular episodes, yeah, we have got Patreon, and we will be speaking to Shakela on Patreon as well. But we'll talk about dating on the show. Okay. So <laughs> go and sign up to Patreon. It's three pound, cheaper than the prep flat white. Okay. What she said. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com